Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, listen, I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. My name is Scott. I'm the pastor here at Blue Ridge. And whether you're streaming with us online or you're here in person, man, I can't thank you enough for spending part of your Easter morning with us. So uh, just hypothetically think about this. What do you think about when you think about Easter? You know, some of us, our minds drift back to when we were kids, right? And, and maybe it was something with your family or going to church as a family. It was candy. It was an Easter basket, maybe an Easter egg hunt. Others of us, we think about those family gatherings, you know, or gathering with friends or just getting away from everybody and doing something by yourself. Some of you, you're thinking about today and what you've got planned. A lot of us were thinking about, you know, a nap this afternoon. That's what I'm thinking about. Or you're thinking about playing with the kids or the grandkids in the yard. But regardless of what you think about when it comes to Easter, Easter changed everything. What we celebrate today absolutely changed everything. Easter is the biggest event on the church calendar. It, it's bigger than Christmas, all right? And, and you may say, well, why is that? Why, why do Christians celebrate Easter? What's the big deal when it comes to Easter? And it is because Easter changed everything. And really what we celebrate today, the resurrection of Jesus, that he came back to life, that's the foundation of our faith. Because really, if we don't have that, we don't have anything. And when you think about it, God took the absolute worst possible situation, the death of his son, and he turned it into the greatest thing ever. And his son, from that first Easter on, has changed people's lives and is still changing people's lives today. I love what the scripture says in Romans 5.10, for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So contrary to popular belief, Easter is not about religion. Jesus didn't come for the religious people. And maybe you would say, well, that's, that's good because I'm not all that religious of a person. And I would say, welcome to the club. Because we know Jesus didn't come for religious people. He didn't hang around with the religious leaders or the ones that thought they had God all figured out. You know what Jesus was interested in? It's helping people to have a relationship with his heavenly father. He, he was interested in closing the gap for people who didn't have a relationship with God. And depending on how you viewed God or church or Jesus in the past, I think that's pretty refreshing. He wasn't interested in adding new rules and new burdens and regulations. Jesus wasn't all about the attention or, or getting a bunch of fanfare. He simply came for those that were outside of the family of God, not so much for the people who thought they were already on the inside. Acts chapter 13, verse 47, and I probably should have told you this at the first scripture verse, but if you want to follow along with our notes they're available on a church center app if you download that to your phone. Or you can simply open your camera app 
and act like you're going to take a picture of one of those QR codes in your seat back and it'll drive you to our notes. You don't have to do that. They're there for your use. And if you're streaming with our online campus, they'll send you a link to access those. But Acts chapter 13, verse 47. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I've made you a light to the Gentiles. Now, Gentile was simply anybody who wasn't Jewish to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. So he didn't come for those that thought they already had God figured out. He didn't come for the religious elite who would kind of control the goodness of God or they thought they did and they could teach these people if they wanted to and they didn't have to teach these people if they didn't want to. He came for every single person, everyone. No one is excluded from a relationship with Christ or the love of Christ. And, you know, you may be thinking, yeah, Scott, you don't know what what I've done. You don't know about my life. You don't know about my past. Listen, there is nothing that we can do short of rejecting Christ that would exclude us from God's love. Luke chapter 5, verse 31 through 32 says it like this. Jesus heard about it and spoke up. Who needs a doctor? the healthy, or the sick. I'm here inviting outsiders, not insiders, an invitation to a changed life, changed inside and out. So Easter is about God coming to earth, conquering death, and changing everything. And truly, the resurrection that we celebrate today is that event. It's the foundation. That's what changed everything. And I love what the Apostle Paul, one of the early leaders in the church, said in 1 Corinthians 15, 32. He said, and if there is no resurrection, let's feast and drink for tomorrow we die. Paul's saying if we don't have the resurrection, if Jesus didn't come back to life, what's the use? What is the use? So it is the foundation that changed everything for everybody. So Easter is about Jesus offering, as this verse said, this changed life, this this new life, if you will, because the resurrection did happen. And it's a life that's available to all of us. But I think sometimes it's hard for us to see that a new life with Christ can be better than the life we have now, especially you consider the culture we live in. You know, even the poorest of the poor people in our culture oftentimes have their basic needs met, right? Some of us, we're very fortunate and we don't have just our needs met. We have our wants and some of our desires met as well. And I think because we do live in that type of culture, sometimes it's hard for us to see, man, my life's good. I'm comfortable. I've got what I need. You know, how could Jesus offer me a better life than I have. But I also think it's hard for us to see that Jesus could offer us a better life because of the image of Jesus that's been portrayed to us in the past. Maybe it's been a negative image. Maybe somebody shouted at you at a football game and told you to turn or burn, and it was about your salvation. Or somebody screamed at you as you were walking down a city sidewalk and told you you were going to hell because you wouldn't change your ways. I'm sorry 
about that. I'm sorry for the the people that are kind of mean-spirited that claim to love Jesus. They're judgmental. They're condemning. They, They wave signs and shout hatred at people. And I'm sorry for that if that's what gave you your image of who Jesus is. Because let me tell you, that's not the Jesus that came to this earth. That's not the Jesus that died for my sin and your sin and everybody's sin. And that's certainly not the Jesus that rose from the dead three days later and literally changed everything. So that also makes it hard for us to see that this changed life, this new life that Jesus offers could could be different and could be better than the life we have now. So learning number one, the portrait of Jesus that's been painted for a lot of us may not be accurate. You need to understand that. But I can tell you a relationship with the real Jesus, the one that came to this earth and rose from the dead, that's a total game changer in your life. I know because Jesus is the only one that could change my life and fix my life. See, a lot of us, the life we have now could be a lot better if it's a life with Jesus. That's what Easter's all about. And that truly is the change that Easter offers us. Easter's also a big deal because if you think about it, Jesus proved he was who he said he was. Right? Who did Jesus claim he was? God. That's a pretty bold statement, right? If you go eat with your family this afternoon and somebody stands up the table and says, hey, I'm God, what are you going to do? You're going to run, right? That's a pretty bold statement, but Jesus backed it up by rising from the dead. He conquered death. God in flesh came to this earth, lived a sin-free life, allowed himself to be murdered on a cross, and three days later came back to life because the tomb is empty. And I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool. I mean, if somebody tells me, hey, you can have a new life, a changed life, you can have purpose and direction today, you can have forgiveness of your sins, and you can have an eternal home in heaven, and then that person dies, and then three days later they come back to life, guess what? I'm going to listen to what that person says. 2 Corinthians 5.15, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Now, some people, and I know not everybody has a relationship with Christ. A lot of you have a lot of questions. A lot of you say, no, I don't believe in God. That's okay. But a lot of people read that and they think, wait a minute, I don't have any of my old life. You know, everything has got to change. And that's kind of the message that people have been given over the years. But that verse says that you'll live for Christ. You'll desire to live for Christ. In other words, you're willing to follow him. It gets tired of leading our lives by ourselves, doesn't it? This means instead of leading, I'm going to let Christ lead. And I'm going to let Christ teach me. And I'm going to let Christ instruct me. And I'm going to have my character become more like Jesus' character. And we learn things that the Lord teaches us and the Scripture teaches us that are practical things, things like we learn on Sundays, how to have a better marriage, how to be the husband Christ calls me to be, how to be the wife Christ calls me to be, how to have, you know, raise godly kids, how to be humble, 
How to be not so judgmental and not so full of pride and how to forgive other people. So it's simply a new life and Christ is the one calling the shots and leading the way and instructing us and guiding us. And maybe you're here today and you say, man, I I need that. I need a new life. I need a new lease on life. Maybe you're watching from home or you came in here today and you'd say, you know, I'm just tired. I'm just worn out. I'm tired of failed relationships. I'm tired of false friends. I'm tired of living without purpose and direction and meaning in my life. Let me just ask yourself that question. Are you you empty? Are you totally spent? Are you at your wit's end? Are you exhausted with life and feeling hopeless? Have you resorted to listening to boy bands on Spotify? Because if you have, you know it's bad. Right? But we all have those times in my life, and some of you are going through that time right now, and we say, man, if something doesn't give, if something doesn't change right now, I don't know what I'm going to do. So this is what you got to remember. Learning number two, Jesus offers us a new life, a better life. It's a life with him, and it is a life that's better than we could possibly imagine. And I truly believe God brought you here or had you tune in today to tell you just that, hey, there is something better than the life you're living. And again, just remember that life with Christ may not be what you think because we've gotten some bad information. Well-meaning people, but bad information about who Jesus truly is. So what does it look like? What does that new life with Christ look like? I mean, he's leading We're trying to follow his example. Well, it's a life of meaning, first of all. It's a life that gives us purpose and meaning. Most people think the worst thing in this life is to physically die. That's that's the worst thing that could possibly happen is when we physically die. And I don't think that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. I think the worst thing that could happen is we go through our entire life and we never receive the new life Christ wants us to have. We go through our entire life not realizing that the Lord loves us unconditionally and is so passionate about us and so desires a relationship with us. I think that would be tragic because without without Christ, we can't be completely and fully satisfied. We can't be completely happy or completely content. In life, we can have some happiness and some joy and some good times, but we can't be completely satisfied. We will never have completeness. Have you figured this out? Now, you know, depending on what, how old you are, but we're always searching for completeness. It's like every single one of us, and God designed us this way, we're born with a void, something missing. And you, you feel that from a very young age, man, something's missing, something's missing. And sometimes we chase after things that aren't so healthy, you know, alcohol and drugs and sex and relationships to try to fill that void. And we realize, man, that doesn't fill that emptiness, that void. That's because we're designed in such a way that the missing piece is Christ. That's the only thing that will bring us completeness. And maybe you're like, I know that void. 
you're talking about. I, I remember when I filled that void or I still have that void today. Even the good things that we enjoy, hobbies and sports and family and relationships and our career or, or those things we pursue, they're okay. They're good things. We can enjoy those things. But those things never give us completeness because we were designed in a way we're only complete when we have Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10 says, So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So it's that union, that relationship with Jesus, when we invite him into our life and say, Yep, you be the Lord of my life, I'm going to follow you, that's when we're complete. And you know, if you're complete today, that's when you can truly start to live. That's when life starts to make sense. Colossians 3, 4a, Christ gives meaning to your life. See, God made us, and through his son, in a relationship with his son, he gives each and every one of us full meaning and purpose in life. And listen, it's a brand new life. This changed life that Easter's all about, it's a brand new life. It's not just a rework of your old life. It's not just in addition to your old life. It's not a life of religion and rules and turmoil and emptiness and happiness. It's a complete life. And it's an everlasting life. It's, it's like, think of it like this. It's a clean slate. You get to start over. It's a complete do-over. That means my sin, and there's been plenty of it, and my shortcomings and my faults and my mistakes, I don't have to live with that anymore. No more remorse. No more regret about my past. No more, oh, I wish I could have or I wish I should have. And the cool thing about it, it's free. It's free. It's, it, it costs us nothing. And then not only is it free, it's available to every single person. Listen, think about the world we live in. So many things. It's about, you know, how much money you make. It's about where you live, or it's about how you were raised, or it's about the color of your skin. So many things are inequitable because we're human beings, and, and nothing is equal, and nothing is free except Christ. See, Easter leveled the playing field. For every single person. Because it's available to everybody. That's why the religious leaders hated Jesus. Because all of a sudden he opens the door in a relationship with him, with his heavenly father is available to every single person. And those religious leaders, they kind of controlled that. That was their living. Oh, I'm going to dole out a little bit to this group of people, but I'm not going to dole out any of God's goodness to this group of people. It leveled the playing field. So we can't earn it. We can't be good enough. We can't work hard enough for it. It's free. So why do we even need it? Why do we need this new life, this changed life with Christ? And the first thing is because of what we just talked about, that completeness. It will drive you crazy trying to fill that void for your entire life. So it gives us completeness for every day of our life here on this earth. But a relationship with Christ is pretty important to our eternity as well. And I hope I'm not letting the cat, uh, the cat out of the bag uh, by telling you this, but every single one of you are going to die. I hate to break the news to you, right? The mortality rate is still right at 100%. It's something we all 
have to face. So having a relationship with Christ is pretty important to our eternal destination because we're going to live forever. We're eternal beings. We're either going to live with God or completely separated for all of eternity from God. And we want to be with God, right? Even people that don't know God, they want to be with God. But God's in heaven and heaven's a perfect place and heaven's a place without any sin. Well, guess what? Scott's got a sin problem. So there's this big gap between us and God because of our sin. But the good news is, in learning number three, we can't overcome that gap between us and God without a relationship with Jesus. Jesus paid for our sin on that cross and proved he was who he says he was when he rose from the dead. So God sent Jesus to close the gap for you and I. So when Jesus, uh, when God looks at me, he no longer sees Scott's faults and Scott's sins and all of Scott's hangups. He sees Jesus and what Jesus did for Scott. So he died for everybody's sins. He overcame death so we can too. You know, we don't have to fear physical death. We do because we don't know about it. We don't understand it. Nobody's been through it. So we fear it, but we don't have to fear it because Christ showed us on Resurrection Sunday that he conquered death and with a relationship with him, we'll conquer it too. And you know, that relationship, that new life, it's simply because of God's grace. Grace is when God gives us what we need, not what we deserve. If we all got what we deserve, we wouldn't be here. I sure wouldn't be here. But his grace says, I'm going to give you what you need. And his grace says to us, and Easter's a great reminder, hey, I forgive you. His grace says, I'm not mad at you. His grace says, I'm not holding a grudge against you. God's grace says, if you come to me, I'm not going to give you a lecture about all the things you've done wrong all the screw-ups in your life. I'm not going to say, I told you so. I'm just going to love you and accept you and invite you into my family. So we can go through our life trying to earn God's approval and hope we're going to be good enough and we're not. Or we can just rest in the fact that we're already good enough when we have a relationship with Christ. We just have to accept the gift. God already approves us because of Jesus. See, on that cross that we remember on Easter, Jesus paid for our freedom. The freedom we enjoy today, the freedom we'll enjoy for all of eternity. That means we don't have to be held hostage to our past. We don't even have to uh, be held hostage to the expectations about the future. We don't have to be separated from God because he paid to set us free. And this is so cool. When we take the life that Christ desires for us to have, we can just get rid of our old life. We can just get rid of it. I love what it says in Romans 8, 13 from the message. The best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. Just bury that old life. We don't try to hold on to that old life. It's a new life with Christ leading the way. So it's a life of meaning and purpose and direction. But that new life's also a life of strength. I shared this verse with a couple of guys on Friday. We were just sitting around talking, but Isaiah 41.10. 
Don't be afraid for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So instead of being discouraged and and instead of us feeling weak and defeated, God says, I've got this. I'll help you. I'll walk with you. God doesn't just understand our difficulty. He walks through it with us. But you know what? He's not going to kick the door down into your life. It's our choice to have that relationship. He'll never force his way into our life. But what we have to understand is the same strength and the same power that raised a dead man to life that first Easter is the same strength and power that's available to me and you every single day of our lives to get through life. 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. So we can keep trying to do it on our own strength. I'm going to beat this addiction on my own strength. I'm going to fix my marriage on my own strength. I'm going to straighten out my life on my own strength. Or we can lean on God. Now, I got to tell you this because I don't want to make you think it's going to be all rainbows and leprechauns if you have a relationship with Jesus. Listen, whether you have a relationship with Jesus or not, we're still going to have trials. We're going to still have difficulty. We're still going to have heartache and problems. But here's the key, and it's learning number four. Our difference maker is Christ, who gives us the power to live through anything. And maybe today you need that strength. You need that new strength. Maybe before you tuned in or Walked in here today, you're, you're ready to give up on your marriage. Are you ready to give up on a friendship? Are you ready to give up on your, your job or your career? Maybe you're ready to give up on life. Are you ready to give up on your dreams or your family? God would tell you don't do that. Don't give up. He would say lean on me. Lean on my strength. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He walks through life with us. So how do we, how do we get this? This changed life that Easter is all about, this, this new life, this life that's filled with meaning and strength and completeness and purpose and direction and satisfaction. How do we get it? We just accept it. The Bible says we just have faith and we believe. It's simple. Unfortunately, a lot of people like me, pastors and well-meaning people, they make it so difficult. It's not difficult at all. We just have to have faith and believe and receive it because it truly is free. Romans 10, 9 probably says it the best. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's pretty straightforward. 1 Corinthians 15, 22, just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Let me ask you a question. Either one of those verses give that list that's in our mind about all the things we have to do? and all the hoops we have to jump through, and all the things we have to stop doing, and all the things we have to start doing before we can have a relationship with Christ? No. 
Because there's no stipulations. You believe and you receive. And I'm telling you, it's a relationship with Christ that we truly get the best. That we truly become complete. You're not going to get it by coming to church. You're not going to get it by religion. It's with a relationship with Christ. That's why he came. That's why Easter changed everything. That's why he rose from the dead. That's what we celebrate today. So instead of being empty and unfulfilled and unsatisfied and and quite frankly, sometimes hopeless, he says, you can have a complete life through me. So as we pray today, maybe you're here and, and you'd say, you know, I'm ready. I'm done with the way my life's been going. I'm done with trying to call the shots and lead. I'm ready for a new life with Christ. Again, it's not about anything you do. It's about everything that he's already done. And if that's you today, as we pray, I'll lead you in a prayer to do that. You don't have to pray out loud. You're just praying from the quietness of your heart. Listen, God already knows the condition of our heart, right? It's about surrendering our life to the one that came for us. So if you would, uh, bow your heads and we'll pray. Maybe you're watching or maybe you're here and you'd say, you know, I want this new life with Christ. I get what Easter's about. I get why Easter changed everything. Just pray after me from the quietness of your heart. Just say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that sin separates us. It causes that gap between us. So as best I know how, I'm inviting you into my life. I'm asking you to become Lord of my life. Teach me. Let me follow you. Scripture says if you pray and invite Christ into your life, that there's a party going on in heaven on your behalf. God, thank you so much for sending your son for us. Jesus, thank you for conquering death so that we can be free and proving who you are. Lord, it's so hard for us to imagine that you paid for every single one of our sins, past, present, and future, for every single person. Lord, I thank you for not giving up on me. I thank you for not giving up on anybody. Lord, we pray for for people who don't yet know you, that would you not give up on them? Just keep calling until they come. Those of you that are already following Christ, just thank him. Thank him for the gift he gave you in eternal life and forgiveness and purpose and completeness today. Thank him for his sacrifice. Lord, and I thank you for these people. You know what's going on in every person's life. You know where they're hurting, where they're struggling, what they're battling. You know where they're sick. You know where they need healing. Lord, I lift those folks up to you right now. I ask you to be with them, to comfort them, to provide for them, 
Lord, you tell us we can pray and ask for anything, and if it's in line with your will, we've got it. Lord, help us as a church family, as a body of Christ today, to do something for somebody this week that may not have it quite as well as we have it. To love on somebody this week. Give them an encouraging word. A pat on the back. Help us truly to be your body. Not just on Sundays, but all throughout the week in the community, at our workplaces, with our friends and our family. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. As, as we finish up today... I'd like to ask you, if you did invite Christ into your life for the first time, would you do me a favor? Would you fill out that connection card? You can access it again through that QR code or the church center app. And let me know that you invited Christ into your life for the first time. I promise I'm not going to show up on your doorstep tomorrow. I'm I'm not planning on doing anything at all tomorrow. All right. Uh, But I want to send you something in the mail that'll help you on that journey and what, what some next right steps are that you can take on that journey. Literally the best decision you could ever make in your life. Now, next Sunday, I want to invite you back. We're kicking off a brand new series called Faith Works. But next Sunday is a special Sunday, too, because it's Celebration Sunday. And we're celebrating uh, with people who are getting baptized, water baptized, and we're celebrating with those parents who are dedicating their children to God next Sunday. So, baptism, what is that? That's essentially when we profess our faith to the world, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. And we make that decision after we have invited Christ into our life. And we got a great track record at this church, literally hundreds of baptisms, and we haven't lost anybody yet. So I want to encourage you, if that's something that you would like to do, we would be honored to be a part of that with you. Child dedication is when mom and dad grandparents, aunt, uncle, whoever's raising the child, uh, they dedicate their children to God. What does that mean? They commit to God that they're going to raise their children in a Christ-centered home so that hopefully someday their children will grow up to know who Jesus is. So if you're a parent and have a little kid or an older kid and you'd like to go uh, and be a part of child dedication, you can sign up for both of those on your connection card. I hope you have a terrific afternoon. If you're getting with the in-laws or the outlaws of your family, man, I hope that goes smooth. Just don't say anything you're going to regret. All right. (laughs) Love you guys. Have a great Sunday. God bless you.